survivors and thrivers. Welcome to another episode of the Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Laura. And I know that last week I ended the episode by promising an interview this week with a woman that was involved with my husband, but I decided to put that on hold and take a different approach this week because of the recent political events in the United States where I live and I feel like it would be fake of me to come on here and focus on a relationship issue when I'm really preoccupied with politics and the world and kind of just the scary events that we just witnessed here. So I want to go into a particular type of narcissism that we're really witnessing in real time and talk about how we can navigate and hold on to our sanity through the president having, from what I have researched and understood, obviously this is not coming from his doctor or anything, but from very well done research on the internet, the Google, um, I have come to the conclusion that Donald Trump has malignant narcissism. And that is a type of narcissism that we have not really talked about too much yet. And it intertwines with a lot of other types of narcissism. But my goal is to talk about it and then to figure out maybe in my little corner of the internet and the podcasting world, what we can do to start to try to heal from some of this stuff. Because a lot of people have family members that either voted for Trump or are part of QAnon, you know, or whatever may just not care. And it's really hard to care as much as you do when somebody doesn't care as much. And people are just going through a lot right now. And I actually just finished doing an interview with a journalist that lives in Norway who is writing an article about the QAnon movement in the United States. And I will definitely, when I get it, add the link to the show notes for anybody that wants to read that interview. But it is really scary. And personally, I have ties to people that are in QAnon and are like deep into QAnon, like I talked about in episode eight. And I, in episode eight, went into more the tactics of like QAnon and that how they're dealing with things on their end. But I want to specifically look at Donald Trump. I'm not going to harp too much on him because I really want the focus of the episode to be how we navigate and hold on to our sanity through these insane times. So I'm just going to briefly go over what malignant narcissism is and pull a couple of examples. And then the rest of the episode, I'm really just going to try to keep it positive. And this is not only for you, but for myself to, again, just kind of navigate this very chaotic situation that we're in. So what is malignant narcissism? It is among the variants of narcissism, but it has very specific traits. So it includes regular egocentricity, but it also includes antisocial traits and even a sadistic streak, as well as a poor sense of self and lack of empathy. And that is coming from verywellmind.com. And Obviously, all of these things are just like umbrella terms for so many other traits that fall under this specific type of narcissism. 
But Donald Trump fits every single one of them. And how exhausting to have a leader of this country fit into all of these boxes. He is very antisocial. If you think about it, he really has no friends outside of just people that he needs stuff from. And this is coming just from watching him for the last four or five years very closely. I am kind of like a politics junkie, so I pay very close attention to this stuff. And I'm no expert. This is just my opinion. This is obviously not backed by any kind of medical credibility on my end, but I think it is undeniable that Donald Trump has narcissistic personality disorder. And I'm just going to run down a short list of things that people that have this type of narcissism will do. So they see the world in black and white terms, including seeing others as either friend or foe. And I mean, Donald Trump almost started World War III in January of 2020, which feels like it was a decade ago, by assassinating a military official in Iran and then, you know, calling the situation very, very good and very, very bad. And they're our foe and they're our friend and just talking in all of these very, very simple terms. And not really being honest with the people about the nuances of what was going on. And granted, politics, you know, politicians have to do this all the time. But the way that Donald Trump speaks is he does it on purpose because he knows that it's really easy to either get people against you, which still gives you attention and press, or get people with you, which obviously still gives you what you want. Also, these types of narcissists seek to win at all costs and generally leave a great amount of pain, frustration, and even heartache in their wake. What does that sound like? That sounds like the last election that we just went through. The one that has been never-ending, the only one where I have ever paid attention to the count to confirm the Electoral College vote and all of the debates and all of the fundraising and all of the early voting and all of the polls. I mean, people on both sides were watching this election like it was a win at all costs, fight or die trying kind of deal. And the pain and frustration that has been the aftermath of that kind of political bipartisan one team against the other team system has been completely heartbreaking and discouraging. And in my state, we flipped from red to blue. And personally, for me, that was a great triumph. But it was overshadowed by this pain and frustration that our nation was facing this moment that we will look back on and think, what happened? How did this happen? How are normal everyday people like you and me trying to break into the Capitol right now and overturn a fair election? It's exhausting to even think about because it's like a sentence that I would say about another country that I read about in school. And that's not to say that America is perfect. And granted, we go into a lot of those countries and cause more problems than they have on their own. But it's like something out of a book and something off of the news in a different part of the world to me. And Donald Trump has done this meticulously 
And I mean, he has known every step of the way what he has been doing and the way that he speaks and the way that he acts. When there is an opportunity in front of Donald Trump that will benefit him, he will seek to win at all costs. And in that, you know, determination, he is losing everyone along the way. And to go to the next point, these type of narcissists generally do not care about the pain they cause others, or may even enjoy it and experience it as empowering. And Donald Trump does this all the time, almost every single day. He will tweet a thing that gets people up in arms, cause people pain, scare people, make the stock market crash, make it rise, make it crash, make it rise again, almost cause a war, never mind, we're good, almost cause a coup, never mind, it's going to be a peaceful transition. He is constantly using his power in order to cause other people pain and suffering and confusion. And the last point is that they will do what it takes to prevent themselves from loss, inconvenience, or failing to get what they want in any situation. And again, if that does not describe this last election that we went through, I don't know what does. And frankly, I think we're all exhausted, Republican, Democrat, Independent, non-voter, whatever. Everyone is tired. And it has been Trump's goal to wear everybody down and get everybody to a point where they say, you know what, we're too tired to fight you. You're right. Do whatever you want. You want to be a king, not a president. Just go for it. I truly think that that was his goal in all of this. And I really don't want to harp too much on him because he doesn't deserve the attention. But what do we do to heal from this? What do we do to understand the pain that is caused by having a narcissist as a president, a malignant narcissist as a president? Because this has been a polarizing time in our country. Very, very, very divided. And it's almost impossible to have a conversation with anybody anymore. Even if you're on the same side, it becomes impossible because you're both just so exhausted over the whole thing. And I feel like everyone is dealing with the aftermath of emotional abuse right now. Because in order to get into this position, Trump love-bombed the GOP base and told them everything they wanted to hear and became this, like, messiah for this conservative ideology. And in doing that, he pushed the left so far away from him because he would not come to any middle ground with any kind of belief that the left carries. And then you have QAnon that comes out of this whole thing. And that is just another narcissist online trying to get some attention and gaslighting people and, you know, pointing the finger at every little thing before taking any kind of accountability for anything. These people can never be wrong. It's always the deep state and the swamp and whatever. And so now that the whole country, along with the whole world, who's been there for a while, and half of the country's been there for a while, so for the other half of the country that's just now catching up to the fact that Donald Trump is complete trash, what do we do to come back from this? What do we do to heal? And aside from 
Joe Biden coming into office and hopefully restoring some kind of normalcy to our everyday lives, where no one really thinks about every little move the president is making unless you work in that world. You know, aside from that, it's going to be really difficult to see progress that is made and to heal on a personal level with family members and friends who went along with this and who, in some cases, cheered it on. I have family members that cheered this whole situation on, told me over the holidays that the electoral college count wasn't going to happen and, you know, just all of these things about the virus and all of this stuff that comes from complete fallacy. It's all just from trolls online creating threads that disappear after a certain amount of days so that you have to constantly be logged in to see the latest news and not miss anything. And it's all manufactured to divide us. It's all manufactured to put certain people in power in a good light without them having to lift a single finger or do anything to earn it. And their little minions are doing all of the hard work for them. It is narcissistic abuse at its greatest scale. So, how do we heal? And this is more how to heal on a personal level with the people in your life that maybe this has caused problems with. And the first step to understanding this process is to accept that it's going to be difficult to deal with. Because if you're anything like me, reading about and experiencing this familial fallout and friendship fallout from QAnon believers, you understand that it's going to be challenging for them to come back to the table and say, you know what, I was wrong, I was being fed misinformation, and you were right, this is unhealthy. It's going to take time, and I would also say to not expect that to happen. I would say to be patient and to maybe not require the moment where they say out loud, I was wrong in order to heal because you may not never, you may not ever have that moment, but you can at least maybe see through their actions that they are coming back to the table and willing to talk to you again in a rational way. And then if you challenge them directly on things that they did or said when this period of time was going on, they will likely retaliate. So avoid talking about the past. I know it's difficult to not put some closure on that and get them to admit like, yes, you were right. I was wrong about this. Like I said, it's not going to happen or maybe probably won't happen. Don't hold out for it, but do not push them to do it either. Um, it's just really going to cause more of a confrontational environment to be the baseline for this healing to happen. And obviously that's not healthy. And if you do have to confront the person, if there was something done personally to you that is just unforgivable or you have to clear the air, try to do so personally, like one-on-one. Do not involve it with like other family members around or other friends around. Try to talk to them person to person 
because if you do it with a group of people, they'll just feel more attacked, threatened. The narcissist traits in them that we all have will come and, you know, try to gaslight the situation. You misunderstood me. I wasn't saying that, that kind of thing. And the last thing is to surround yourself with supportive people as much as possible to absorb some of that negativity that you may experience in the situation. And I know that that sounds really simple. Like that's a really simple step, like accept, try, confront, blah, blah, blah. But it's not easy because I can't even do this in my own life. I'm having difficulty even texting back the people in my life that I know voted for Trump or empathized with QAnon this time around. I mean, I could understand Trump voters the last election because a lot of people hated Hillary and Bernie lost unfairly and the whole thing. But this time around, if you voted for Trump, a lot of people just have a really really hard time empathizing with you and understanding like why just give me a good argument other than Joe Biden has dementia or whatever and this finger pointing and name calling and blaming game that we're all playing and if you hear it in my voice I'm even having a hard time holding back my frustration towards the other side quote unquote It's just a natural human tendency to want to jump at an opportunity to prove your point right and to be frustrated with people that don't understand you. But just as frustrating as it is for you to not have a QAnon supporter or Trump voter listen to you, imagine also how hard it is for them for you to not listen to them. So put up your boundaries. You don't have to necessarily talk about politics. You can definitely put up the boundary. And I have done this personally with some people like, we're not going to talk about that today. We are not going to talk about that right now. But you can also leave space for them in your life to fill other roles. And like a personal example, my aunt is in QAnon. She fills so many great roles in my life, but we just don't talk about politics. We just don't do it. And that was a boundary that was set a while back. And she's usually pretty good about respecting it. We've just come to an understanding that It's not something that we need to speak about. It's a personal thing, and that works for us. I know that might not work for everybody, and I am not saying that part of the healing process is not to cut out anybody that needs to just be cut off for good, but it's not impossible to have a relationship with someone that thinks differently from you. It's just more challenging, and you're going to have to have a lot of support and a lot of self-esteem and a lot of confidence in reinforcing your boundaries and reminding this person hey, that's not something I'm comfortable with talking about or engaging in. Let's, you know, find something else to do. Let's go watch a movie, whatever it needs to be. You have to have the strength and the courage and the gall to put your boundaries up if you need to. And that's perfectly okay to put your boundaries up. It's actually preferred and healthy especially with politics and personal relationships in the workplace, wherever. In general, I think politics just don't need to really be discussed unless you're a news anchor or you're working in that world. You're part of, you know, lawmaking bodies. I just don't really understand the point of getting in these like heated online debates with people that don't agree with you or trying to fight with a friend. Like that is not the way to go about things. And not to say that healthy debate 
isn't wonderful, it is, but personally, I don't see a lot of healthy debate happening, and it would be wonderful and refreshing if it did, and hopefully after this period in time, we can get to a, back to a point where there is healthy debate, because it would be very, very refreshing and encouraging after this time in our country. And so the last thing is to put distance between yourself and this person as much as possible until you're ready to approach this topic. Again, just boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. You have to set those boundaries. And if you are dealing with somebody that is like this, it helps to know how they communicate, how they give and receive information and try to tailor your communication as much as you can, not to a point where you're being fake by any means, but to a point where they can kind of come meet you on that middle ground a little bit easier because you are speaking to them in a comfortable manner. You're not talking like you're above them. You're not, you know, berating them, anything like that. You're trying to meet them on middle ground and understand how they're engaging with the world. That also includes what their background is, you know, what has happened to them in their personal life to give them these types of ideas and just their entire environment, because all of that comes into play. And of course, most importantly, and a lot of this is coming from my own process, you have to go to therapy if it's getting to a point where this is really affecting your life. And whether it's group therapy or anonymous support groups, this doesn't have to be paid therapy. A great subreddit to kind of deal with the fallout from these types of relationships, even if it's not particularly the group, is uh, QAnon Casualties on Reddit. So it's reddit.com slash r slash QAnon Casualties. I'll leave a link to it in the episode notes. But it is a great community to find support for people that have bosses, fiancés, parents, aunts, uncles, friends, whoever, who are, in this case, part of QAnon, but also, just in a broader sense, victim to this kind of groupthink, abusive situation. And it's really refreshing to get on there and talk to people that are kind of going through the same thing as you. And that's actually how I connected with the journalist who I did the interview with. Um, I think I talked about that earlier this episode. I've done a couple recordings tonight, so I don't really remember, but I did an interview tonight with a journalist that lives in Norway and she is writing an article about QAnon family members and witnessing QAnon stuff in the States and the whole political environment surrounding the whole thing and the whole deal. So it's been really healing for me to find spaces to talk about this stuff. And again, whether it's group therapy, anonymous support groups online, paid therapy, if that's something that you desire and can afford. But I just think finding that support group of people that are going through the same kind of loss that you are going through and to kind of relate it back to what we've seen in the country this week, we are going to have to go through a grieving process with understanding that we are going to govern differently now that there was an attempted coup. 
we are going to have different types of security in our buildings and our government buildings, which is fine and well. But one of the things that is so great about our government offices is that they are open to the public and we have to treat those rights as privileges because they technically are. We can have those privileges taken away at any time. And I just think that it's really sad to see the division in this country, to see the division in families and friendships. I've just witnessed this all around me. I've read so much about it. I've listened to so many podcasts about it. And it just really breaks me. It breaks my heart that on a large scale, we are witnessing narcissistic abuse in action. But on a positive note, it is possible to discard your narcissist, and the country has voted to do that with Joe Biden. It is going to be a great no-contact phase, probably the best no-contact phase ever, when the news finally stops talking about all of this madness and we can just sort of return to some sort of normalcy. It is something that I find myself craving now more than ever, and that is saying a lot because it has been a very, very long and difficult year. And I've found myself lacking motivation. I've been really distracted. I've been, you know, unable to really focus too well at work. I've had anxiety just through the roof. And I'm realizing because, you know, it's just happening because nothing seems normal right now. Nothing feels normal. But it will be. We will return to normalcy. And even if you lose people along the way, even if those boundaries go as high as Donald Trump wishes his wall on the Mexican border would go. Thank God that didn't happen. But, you know, if you have to raise those boundaries that high to heal and to isolate yourself from the people in your life that engaged in all of this madness, do not feel guilty for that. You are in no way obligated to affiliate with or deal with people who are thinking in this way, who are not open to conversation, who are not willing to admit when they're wrong and participate in the healing of our country. So in this time, as hard as things are, please do not be hard on yourself. And that is a note to me as well, because like I said, I've been really going through it with my anxiety. It's the reason this episode is late coming out, because I've just been really processing and struggling And I know that if I am, other people are too. So again, I hope that just my little corner of the podcasting world and internet provides you guys some kind of solace and just know that there is a community here that you can reach out to if you want to find me on Instagram and reach out and talk about stuff. I'm more than happy to do that. The Instagram for the show is the Narcissism Podcast, just like it's spelled out right now on the episode. And I will put that in the show notes as well. And you can email me if you want it to be a longer form. I'm totally open to that. If you have anything that you would like to come onto the show and talk about something in your life that has happened with this QAnon narcissist Donald Trump madness please feel free to reach out to me. The email for the podcast is the narc pod. That's T H E N A R C P O D at gmail.com. That'll be in the show notes as well. 
And again, I'll just put um, a couple of links to some of the Reddit communities I'm finding really helpful navigating all of this stuff. And I just hope that you guys can find some moments for some self-care, find some moments for some peace, to stop scrolling, to stop listening to the news, whatever it is you're doing to get through this time. I hope that you can find some peace and all of that. And as always, I want to leave the note on the episode on a positive note. I actually forgot to do this last week and didn't realize until I published and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot my little positive quote of the week. So let's do that real quick. So the quote this week is from Martin Luther King Jr. Hatred paralyzes life. Love releases it. Hatred confuses life. Love harmonizes it. Hatred darkens life. Love illuminates it. And on that note, I hope that we can all find a little bit of love for each other, a lot of love for ourselves in this time, and I hope that we can all survive and thrive into a more positive chapter And just know that I am here with you and that you matter, you are seen and loved, and I thank you so much for joining me this week. I will see you for the next one.